Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. Okay, my friends, it has been a hot second. I'm sorry that I've not made a podcast for about two months, but I'm about to get stuck into a whole other season and we've got the most wonderful first guest of the season. His name is Andrew Gregory and I'm so happy that he's on the other end of this mic. Hello, my darling. Hi there, how you doing? I am really good, actually. I'm currently enjoying the fact that I've actually, as as the start of a new season of podcasting, um, I'm now in a very bright, lovely open bedroom, which is really, really fun. I look. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I'm a lot more professional than it seemed to be in the in the previous ones, where I'm just hiding under a duvet. So. Okay, I'm fascinated. (laughs) I'd like to think everyone thinks everything's super pro, but it sounds pro. But I'm telling you now, sitting under your duvet for a few hours whilst interviewing (laughs) podcasters, podcasters, pole dancers. Can be a bit sketchy at times, I have to say. But I've got such a great image in my head right now. <laughs> and I know that you told me you're currently lying down somewhere in your house, right? <laughs> yeah, I am actually lying on the bedroom floor. Just it's the quietest place. It's weirdly comfortable. So yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's all get comfortable. Everyone get comfortable. We've got we've got a nice nice podcast <laughs> coming up. Right. I'm going to do the same thing that I've done to most of the people that have been on uh, public showering before, and I'm going to make you talk about your entire life in 90 seconds before we get into. <laughs> I know it's a legendary thing. Pam um, Pam McGee keeps sending me little things of like when Sophie Duncan asked you to tell your entire life in uh, 90 seconds on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did notice you did a... put in a story yesterday, I think, and it was exactly. like, oh, okay. Exactly, she shaded me already. Right, so you can't see, but I'm literally going to put a little stopwatch so I could do that. So everything you can possibly say of your entire life <laughs> in 90 seconds. Oh, okay, tell me when to start. Okay, three... Two, one, shablam. Okay, well, I was born in Yorkshire 51 years ago. Uh, I had a great time at school. I became a hairdresser. I moved to London. Nice. Uh, I got to travel the world doing my work. Then I had a motorcycle accident, which kind of changed everything. Um, And after that motorcycle accident, I discovered pole dancing. And then went on from pole dancing. I had my leg amputated. I carried on pole dancing. It's sort of taken over my life. <laughs> um, and oh my God, I feel like I've filled about 30 seconds. Where were we up to? Yeah, we're on 40 seconds. You've got <laughs> okay, a lot okay, to tell about. Okay, okay. Um, I live in central London. Uh, and I love living in central London. I live on my own. I'm single. Uh, I'm a gay male. <laughs> Um, Just so you know, for everyone out there. Yeah, I'm slightly addicted to tattoos. um, (laughs) And, uh, oh my God, I I shouldn't have gone so quickly at the beginning. What's your favourite food? (laughs) What's your favourite thing to eat? Oh, I'm vegetarian. So actually, I'm really one of those people that loves tofu. I absolutely (laughs) love tofu. I can't get enough tofu. Um, But I've been vegetarian for about two years now. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. Um, 
And I'm colorblind. That's kind of interesting. I'm colorblind hairdresser, which is, Lol. Uh, people and, find very amusing. Yeah. And you're done. Okay, cool. We got. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> I you did tell me that you were colorblind once, and I completely forgot about that. What what's your what's it called? Is it called a stigma when which which colors you can and can't see? Cause you told me what was it was a pair of shorts. We were doing some filming. Weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that was so. Because it was one of the so, first times I saw you in a studio, and yeah. you were wearing these really quite elaborate pink shorts. And you were like, oh, no, 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 I I pulled out a, a pairs of shorts I'd bought for the filming, oh, and one of the, the the guys who was doing the filming said, "Oh, I think we we definitely won't have the pink ones." And I was like, <laughs> "What pink ones?" <laughs> I actually thought, but no. But in my defence, um, when I ordered those shorts, there was a grey option. And I ah. just must have accidentally put pink <laughs> and then didn't know that they were pink. Ah, uh, well, that's kind of hilariously cute. And I love that yeah. because like you're, you're so tall and tattooed and everything. Like I said, it was the first time I really met you like in a studio. So I was like, <laughs> I oh my God, this guy's so fun. Pink yeah. I, mean, I, kind of, I, I wear them a lot. I, now that I know they're pink, I kind of love them even more. <laughs> Um, but there's time and place, you know. I mean, on meeting you as well, because the first time I actually met you was at Bipic and I didn't get yeah, really time yeah. to talk to you because you were judging and I was comparing. So yeah. you were sort of over there in the darkness. So like you to me, are just you're like such a bag of fun confusion because you, you come across to me as this like kind of like gangster tattoo guy that's got one leg. and I'm thinking, fucking hell, like what's this guy been doing? And they said, yeah, I had a motorcycle accident and then this happened. But then you're like such the carvage vegetarian cute soul person <laughs> like I love I people mean, that I'm not sure how to, to I, deal with initially it's great I kind of like I think that people take a look at me and they immediately are generally a little bit frightened of me <laughs> which I kind of like that because it kind of creates a certain amount of barrier yeah um, but then most people you know I mean you saying that I'm calm I mean speak to people that know me that were like who are you talking about really you don't <laughs> yeah, come across yeah, yeah. well a calm is in like a, ca- a calm nature you don't seem you don't seem the kind of person that really ever gets particularly angry about anything oh, oh okay yeah yeah wait till you've known me a little bit longer Sophie <laughs> get angry about everything that's because I'm an old man <laughs> yes and that was the other thing 51 years old man uh, honestly like you I look know. fantastic like to be fair though I say this about most people in my mind like I'm 33 now it doesn't matter who I meet everyone in my world is 33 years old and it will happen continuously like it's only this last couple of years I've started to realise when I'm teaching at like National Circus when I'm teaching 20 year olds I'm like yeah. oh yeah that's what it feels like to not wake up in pain every day <laughs> yeah i mean it's i mean the only time really i sort of became aware of my age is actually doing pole because there was a lot of young people yeah. and then when i'm teaching you seem to be even younger so yeah it's kind of yeah it is what it is and it i'm is proud i'm proud to be 51 and yeah i'm kind of you know i look fit and healthy and i like to surprise people when i say my age generally people are surprised do you do it you do it for for pure giggles like oh by the way i'm 51 the wonder of it in my mind right now what I've, i just literally just thought this in my head you essentially the edward scissorhands of pole dancing you're literally <laughs> you're literally an amputee hairdresser like do you have any other like exciting pastimes using <laughs> using scissors other than being a hairstylist like maybe that could be your next pole routine why do you put scissors at the yeah. end 
I thought, you know what? That's just really. I need to do an Edward Scissorhands routine, don't I? Oh my god, let me choreograph it. The music to Edward Scissorhands makes me cry. I could accidentally cut my leg off. Oh my god, we could make the most hilariously gruesome act ever. Oh, don't I have this. I, every Halloween, I want to do this performance <laughs> where it's kind of based around that movie Saw. Oh, and I, I can't want it to watch Saw. With me, with me chained to the pole, and I have to make the decision to cut my leg off <gasps> to free myself. But of course, people wouldn't know that I was an amputee, so it looked like I'm cutting my leg off to get free. Oh my god, that would <laughs> be, be so exciting! Oh, yeah, it would be cool. I think I'll get around to it one day. Well, speaking of, you are doing pole theatre very soon. In fact, we both are, aren't we? We are, yeah. <laughs> just just in case anyone's listening to this in the future, it is 2023. We're both doing pole theatre UK this year, which is actually in, what, about six, seven weeks' time? Oh, God. Yeah, I know, I know. And the pair of us, actually, you've been helping me out a little bit, haven't you? Because I've I've still been trying to figure out what on earth it is I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, it's been great being in the studio with you as well. You're very good as well at getting me into the studio, which is great when I want to procrastinate. <laughs> I know, the pair of us, I think any pole dancer out there is probably hearing the same thing. Is like you get into a studio, you know what you you've got in mind, but then you get you get giggly, you get chatty, yeah, you get yeah. like, oh lord, we're a nightmare for it, right? Yeah. All right then. Well, let's start with that then, because I mean, you're the first time I've ever met an amputee, especially in pole dancing, um, and you know, watching you in the studio. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like the first time I really met you and your leg, I was like, wow, that's really interesting to look at i've never seen that before mm-hmm. um and i've always been just so not so much amazed but like interested to see the way that you you use your body and i mean i've obviously obviously i've heard you've got well you've definitely got a bit of a humor to yourself so that's obviously very very good oh, yeah, um do. yeah because usually when we're in the studio just for everyone out there like i will come up with a couple of bits and bobs like threads and this that, and the other and you'll be like well actually i can do that easier because i don't have a leg <laughs> to get in the way <laughs> which i fully appreciate so what before, yeah, I don't really need to know all about how, how it came to pass, but I know um, what were the main sort of differences, which seem very obvious, really. But like, once you you weren't a pole dancer before you you, you had your leg amputated, or you, or you just you just started, hadn't you? Because you had back issues. I remember we talked about that at some point. Yes, yeah, so I'd I'd had a motorcycle accident. Actually, I, well, I'm trying to work out the years now. It's about twenty three years ago I think Ooh. and uh, terrible injuries to my leg but I lived with the injuries and I had many operations over the years mm. uh, how many was it in the end I'm sure you told me it was a quite I had 15, I had 15 oh, operations um, and then and yeah they, the doctors they tried to save everything but actually what they were saving was a leg that was not working very well wow um, and then I kind of I came across pole when I was looking for some exercise that I could do while I still had my leg. Um, yeah. And I discovered this thing called anti-gravity yoga. Ah, that was which, it. Yeah, and they taught it at this uh, London Dance Academy where I now do pole. And they, you know, when I saw pole in there, I kind of thought, oh, you know, maybe I could give that a go. And at the time, there was a girl there teaching, um, Debs, um, who is has an arm missing. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, if she can do it, I can definitely try it. Um, and that was it. So I did pole for about a year before I made the decision to have the amputation. Wow. Um, and the the reason for the, making that decision was that my leg was deteriorating. And how do, how was, do you mean deteriorating? Uh, like, Was it so, like dying? 
Roman, no. <laughs> the, pain, the pain levels were increasing. Ah, um, the okay. joint, what was left of the ankle joint was sort of collapsing a bit. Um, oh, and I was having, I couldn't really walk without a stick at all. Really? Um, and this was, you know, I was only halfway through my life. So I kind of realized something had to be done. Mm. Um, I couldn't really face more multiple operations. So I just decided to go and have the whole thing taken off. And it was, you know, it was, it was an amazing decision. It was incredible. It was the minute I woke up after the operation was just incredible. I was so happy. I was so happy. Really? <laughs> Which I might mean, sound weird, but it was like, I knew that was it. It's over. Now I just get on. Yeah. Like, can you remember sort of the moment that you realised that was what you were going to do? Because, like, I mean, whenever I think back to any sort of major decision that I've sort of come up to in my life, I usually remember, like, the moment, the music, the everything. Like, was it, was it like, a, were you thinking about it or was it like a, no, this is the one? <laughs> well, it had always been on the cards because each operator, well, there was a couple of operations I had to sign to say that they could amputate it if they couldn't <laughs> do what they want to do. That's so absolutely it, terrifying. It's, it's, it's slightly weird. It's slightly weird. <laughs> Um, so I think in the back of my mind, I'd, almost, I'd already prepared for it in many mm. ways. Right. And then um, I'd sort of not really broached it. And then when I went back to see the surgeons to see if they could do anything to improve the increasing pain, mm. uh, there was an option to do, build one of those cages. Have you seen it when people have like a metal cage on the outside of the leg? Oh, yeah. They, I, yeah. I hate looking at like the pins that go in. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. really freaks me and out. And it would have been, had to have been on for two years. Um, and as soon as he said that that was the only option, I was like, well, that was the moment where I realised, no, this leg is coming off. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and they started the ball rolling then. Good. Like, what did the surgeons say? Was it, what, did the surgeon seem relieved that you'd said that? He, I mean, he said it's definitely the better option. <laughs> you know, he didn't offer that as the better option, but as soon as I broached it, he was like, you know, yeah, that's that's probably the better way to go. This is an incredibly creepy question, but it's just something I've thought of. Do do you know <laughs> where the legs? The creepiest question I've ever had. Oh, really? oh god! Oh, yeah, well, let's not go down that road today. That's for the X-rated version. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, do they explain where the legs go? <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, so there's a very funny moment on the morning <laughs> of the operation where you sit down with the um, registrar and they take you through what's going to happen. Yeah, and. I sat down and the first thing she said to me was, no, you cannot have the leg. <laughs> and like people ask for their limbs. So it, it goes into, <laughs> it goes into an incinerator. Right. Oh, do you yeah. not get like a little, little cremation pot saying this was my leg? I know, I know that would have been so cool. <laughs> I don't, what I'm really pissed off about is that I didn't ask them to take a photograph of it when they, after they'd removed it. <gasps> Oh it's my this, it's like God. My, I just would love to have that photograph of <sighs> my limb detached. I hope anyone that's listening to the end of this isn't like, you know, I hope you're not too creeped <laughs> yeah, out, guys. tuning in now. It's yeah. gone so dark and I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, I know to other people it might seem dark, but I lived with that leg, with that, those injuries for like 17 years and I yeah. hated that leg so much. I yeah. hated it. Um, and everything it represented. Mm. Uh, so, in a way, to see it cut off would have been very cathartic for me, you know. 
Wow, what? Like, I mean, no. it's this is it's very it's very rare that I can generally not imagine something, but I really can't even begin to, <laughs> like, like yeah. How did it feel then? So you said that that your morning after you were kind of just like okay, like this is the start of the next phase. Did you? In my mind, this is what I'd have done. I'd have literally put my hand to where my leg was and tried to feel it. Like, is it called um phantom limb when you sort of believe yeah. it's still there? Yeah, so phantom limb is where your body hasn't doesn't really register that the limb has gone um so you kind of can get lots of sensations you get lots of pain um i was really lucky i didn't suffer with any phantom limb i I had some weird sensations but it was like few and far between it really wasn't an issue at all Mm. um but for me the 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 day after the operation i was still in hospital the next day Mm. um (laughs) <laughs> I'm so weird. So um, in, it was out at Stanmore Hospital, which is this weird, sprawling kind of hospital. And I knew there was a Costa Coffee in the main building. Right. So I was like, I want to go to Costa. And they're like, no, you can't. I was like, yes, I can. So they give, they, I want to go on crutches. <laughs> but of course, they wouldn't let me go on crutches. Right. But that was how, you know, immediately I wanted to be up and about. It was, it was just the right thing for me, you know? Mm. Oh, wow. What do you yeah. do? You know what? Um, we'll move on from this in a second. But I've I've just never yeah. been in so deep about this. Like, yeah. what, did, was there any risk of your life at any point? Like, cause like I mean, there's so many veins and arteries. Like, is it possible that you could could you have actually mean, possibly any, died on the on the table? Any surgery has its risks, but mm. amputation itself is not a big risk. And yeah. weirdly, I thought that they kind of reconnected the veins and the arteries to form like loops. Right. But they, don't this is our bodies are so amazing wow okay they just tie off the ends and the blood supply creates a whole new set of connections for that blood to move away it's why you get quite a lot of swelling to start with Mm. um but yeah new new uh, vessels grow that create that pathway so they don't actually it's very brutal they literally (laughs) saw that leg off (laughs) they and place the muscle over the end of the bone because that means you're protected for walking on a prosthetic. Uh-huh. And they stitch those veins and they stitch that leg and that's it. That is absolutely amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I just realised I'd probably have to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. So just so, yeah, yeah, just yeah. so you're aware, everyone, we're going to be talking about blood and guts today. Well, well to, welcome to uh, public showering. It's going to be a dark one. Wow. Oh, my God. It is. Like, it's, it, it always does amaze me when, you know what your body manages to achieve and you know if you can if a, if a woman can can build a baby like of course absolutely. a leg could just come off and be like yeah yeah, yeah. we'll find it yeah. we'll carry yeah. on absolutely <laughs> our bodies are incredible things they really are right okay so let's talk about this and so you you mentioned that of course you are working as a person with disability in a mostly able-bodied bodied world. Hmm. What again? It seems like a very obvious question, but like, what to you are the main differences with just sort of attending something like pole theatre, where there isn't like a para category or something like this? Like, do you feel like you're representing? Like, what what are the main sort of things that go through your mind? Because I mean, it does to me. It doesn't seem like you feel like you are disabled or disadvantaged it just seems that you are just differently abled and you're just sort of going with it yeah so i mean my first lot of competitions were with um ipsf where they do have a power category yeah um and you know that is amazing Mm. um but it's also quite limiting yeah um you know there's, there's a lot of 
rules um, with the power categories that's, that sort of annoy me as well as <laughs> amaze me. You know, it's great. It's great having that platform and it's great bringing awareness to disability in poll. I, I love everything about it. Mm. Um, uh, but I think you can only do that, do that for so long. And actually, I realized I didn't just want to be competing against disabled people. I wanted mm. to be competing against anybody. I wanted to be able to go to any poll competition. Mm. Um, so, in fact, I first entered poll theatre in the amateur one in like 2019, okay. um, which I won, which was incredible. Uh, <laughs> but that was very much the, the, the story of my amputation. So it was very personal. And, mm. you know, it's, I found that in a weird way quite easy because I was telling my story. Right. Um, uh, and I think the beauty of poll theatre is that it's... Um, it's as much about the, the story as it is the poll itself. Right. Um, so I kind of, I felt like it was a little bit easier for me. Uh, but I'll tell you my, my issues with uh, performing against able-bodied polls. So my, my leg being uh, missing is not my only issue. Right. So from... Uh, resulting from the accident, you know, I kind of broke my other ankle as well. Um, and that means I can't point my foot properly. Mm. Um, the operations that I've had on that leg make it harder for me to fully straighten my leg. Mm. Um, I also have shoulder issues. <laughs> I mean, it's like there is everything going on. Um, <laughs> so I kind of, it's not, people will look at me and they'll think that everything is fine except for the amputation, but actually there's a lot more going on than that. And I think when you watch a disabled performer, um, whether they've got visible disabilities or not visible, mm. it's really just one issue that they have. Right, okay. Um, so uh, the last lot of competitions that I did, I actually um, uh, when I did the London Pole Championships recently. Yeah. I, uh, I actually... Uh, passed on a message to the judges just explaining about my foot because mm. I'm not I'm not looking for extra points. No. What I don't want is a feedback form that says, point your foot, point your foot, point your foot, because it's like, <laughs> I can't. So please just don't comment on it, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, that's really tough, that, actually, because, I mean, it's something this this year I mentioned to you before, like, this is the first year that I actually have started doing some judging because I've been mm. uh, on the panel for, well, I will be on the panel for Poll Art UK, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was going through that first thing of actually, like, seeing all the things. Is What is it? I can't remember. I think there's 12 things that you get marked out of 10 on and, and obviously yeah. like technique is is one of them yeah. and um it wasn't actually until we had this conversation about mm. being physically able to straighten your leg that yeah. i sort of started to look better at my judging because i was like okay like i think as a judge at least from my my new experience that there are times in a routine where people clearly have a straight leg or they're pointing their toe. And so it means that they can physically do that. But yep. then sometimes when you get on the pole, obviously you're now taking your entire body weight in your arms. So your legs get a bit floppy because we forget yep. about them. It happens yep. to all yep. of us. And yep. then that's what I'm thinking. Okay, now then I can probably talk about the, you know, the technique is failing yep. in, in these, in these moments. Yep. Um, but I mean, I wonder how could we possibly do that? like for everybody because I mean people that were trained as dancers since they were three like my legs are mega long they even go backwards because because right. of like the sway backs I have but how how would it be 
how could it be fair then for people that again maybe just have less training like they, they are absolutely 100% pointing their toes whether they're able or, 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 or disabled bodied like do you think there so, is a way that well, we could hmm, judge that no, yeah I mean I have a bit of an issue anyway about how we judge so much on whether somebody has a pointed foot or a straight leg <laughs> it's like I, what about all the other amazing stuff that goes on in the pole routine mm. and yeah, the first thing judges will make comments on is pointed foot, bent leg. It's kind of the easiest thing, though, realistically. It is. It is. No, it's just I, the easiest thing to look for. Absolutely. Of course it is. Of course it is. And it's like when you're, when you're, when you've got like, I don't know, two or three minutes to write those comments. And, you know, I've been, I've judged quite a lot over the last year. Mm. When you've got that really short period of time to write things down. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I get why people do that mm. but why do we do that why you know i for um at another competition i won't mention tonight i'd i'd um there's a, a section where i do a backflip from um three quarters of the way up a four meter pole <laughs> land on the ground on one foot Damn and yet, not a single judge commented on that but one of the judges did comment that in an inside leg hang, my foot was flexed. <laughs> it's like, I think, um, I think we need to be careful how experienced judges are because obviously you need to be able to recognise, you need to focus on the, the bits that deserve comments. You know, mm. I mean, that was a bit of a ridiculous comment. Um, yeah. And I think as judges, we need to see the whole picture. Mm. Um and I think we need to try and maybe move away from the lines of ballet that, mm. you know, when, when somebody has perfectly straight legs and perfectly pointed feet, of course it looks amazing. But maybe we, we should be commenting on those people, you know, when it's perfectly straight, say, what an amazing point you had, rather than marking everybody else down for not having True. amazing points. True. You I know, think if um, you're lucky enough to have that, then amazing. Yeah. But, it's Don't not all that. detracts from what about everything else that goes on in that routine, you know? Well, I think I have two, two, because I, I literally just think about this all the time and probably because of the judging. Like, I, like on one side of the argument, I'm just sort of like, look, okay, if you're wanting to do a straight leg and, and straight lines and have these balletic lines go and take a ballet class go and do that because it's remarkable to me that obviously people will go to pole dancing and do hours and hours of training to do all the best flips all the best things be and be these incredible technical artists but won't Mm. even take one ballet class because if you think of the whole the global image of what you're doing which is pole dance and you've chosen ballet as to represent the dance part you need to train that part because otherwise you are going to get marked down and sadly that's what it is but ballet is literally one style of dance but it's just I don't know why actually like we just seem to use ballet and these balletic arms but you know I'm I try my best again as someone with a lot of dance training to try not to be too judgmental about it because it in in some ways I could be a complete arsehole and be like you need to train your ballet technique because you did lots of it in your routine but you didn't actually execute it very well that would be a really arsey way of me (laughs) judging things and very kind of um, privilege really because I had the privilege of of taking ballet when I was young not that we were from a privileged family (laughs) but you know mum just needed to kick me out of the house because I was too bloody hyper all the time so she was like ballet (laughs) but like I just wonder 
why people aren't choosing to just do different styles of contemporary dance because I've mentioned this in my own podcast before there's there's literally dozens of styles of contemporary dance that don't require straight legs pointed toes um that oh, very I, I, I agree but shape. unless you unless you you either what strikes me in pole competition is you either have very straight pointed feet mm. ballet lines or you have very flexed very contemporary <laughs> it's like nobody really understands anything between those two levels <laughs> yeah um, but you it's know. you know your your uncle can for most people can could do like quite a lot of degrees like you know there, there are oh, yeah, yeah. levels so my, my thing <laughs> I, what I was going to say as well when, I, when I'm judging if I'm if somebody's foot is really flexed and it doesn't look like they're making any effort <laughs> to unflex it then I'll comment on that yeah but you can kind of see that if somebody's trying what might be their best yeah then i'm not gonna um yeah give them a hard time about it <laughs> well let's talk about for a second then what you would say are definitely the advantages of, of of being somebody working with with a disability like what what for you there, there must be things that are different like again when we're training we kind of rip each other for it like there's loads of threads and things that i'm just too scared to do i'm a bit jealous of the fact that probably you've got i don't know a quarter less weight at the bottom of you. You are very long, though. You are a very long person. Yeah, yeah, I am very long. <laughs> like, you're very, very tall. I mean, what, I'm I'm 167 centimetres, so that's about 5'4". How tall are you? Five, oh, five. I'm like 190. <laughs> um, do you know what I should know metres? I'm six foot three. You're 6'3", so you're at least a whole foot taller than me. So that's yeah. like, you know, you only need to do one one flip and you're basically touching the ceiling. Like you're yeah. oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're massive. But, I mean, yeah, are, are there things that you feel like there, there is sort of an unusual benefit of, of having this missing limb? Oh, there absolutely is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, so last year I did, there's this, uh, we have this thing called... Um, Limb Difference Awareness Month, and I always do a post about every month. Limb and last year, I did a limb, limb difference, yeah. Difference. And last year, I did a whole post where the whole sequence I did on the pole was all sneaky thread outs. <laughs> so where normally you have to remove the hand and swing the, swing the leg to get it past the hand, yeah, I just my leg just pops through those gaps, <laughs> which is kind of weird because sometimes you can't work out what just happened. It yeah. literally looks like. My leg has gone through the pole. Oh, cool. Um, and I I love those moments. But also, I'm not sure people really register them <laughs> you know, until they maybe, maybe try the same kind of um, idea. But yeah, it kind of so it has its advantages, uh, which, you know, those sort of moments are great. Being able to create shapes that are unique to me, I think, is fantastic as well. Mm. Um, but then I don't have a lot of support on that leg um yeah. i wouldn't trust i mean i can just about do it on a good day i can do a cupid with my hands off oh, using wow. my little leg on top oh and my the, god oh, the joy that i first did that in fact i still got a video of the moment that i first <laughs> managed to do that um but i wouldn't really trust it you know um so <laughs> there's it definitely means that i tend to do everything on one side oh um, yeah which is Which, naughty. Yeah. You should always well, train both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you tell the back of the skin on my right leg. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like proper lizard skin at times. Um, <laughs> and the problem is if I use my short leg too much, it, the back of the knee can get tender. And then if the back of the knee is tender, mm. 
trying to wear my prosthetic is a nightmare. I can't risk getting infection in the skin. Um, so there's, there's knock-on things. Mm. You know, I, I know when you watch people watch me on the poll, they, they think it all looks very easy and I make it look easy. And blah, blah. Actually, there's a lot of issues away from the poll that can cause massive problems. So that's why I'm very protective of my little leg, you know. Yeah, for sure. Are there any uh, times like, I mean, obviously that's the point of why training is so we don't fall out of things. But like, are there ever been times where you are just about to fall out of something and literally because your leg isn't available to you, have you ever pretty much dropped out of something because normally you would have been able to possibly catch yourself? Or does that not even register anymore because it's, you know, is it five years, seven years that you've not had your leg anymore? Uh, five years, five, five years. years. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't sort of register anymore. And also I'm, I am really insanely strong in the rest of my body and my grip is really good so I can kind of take a lot of pressure through my hands but there's moves that I just physically will never be able to do you know, <laughs> no. give me an inside leg hang on my left leg it's not going to happen you well, can literally bring me to a complete standstill <laughs> by asking me to an inside leg. Yeah. Oh, that's so mean. Well, in all fairness, yeah. there's still a lot of tricks that I think most of us are never even going to bother attempting to do for completely different yeah. reasons. But yeah, exactly, 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 <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Okay, then. Right. Well, I want to know of your competition routines that you've been making. So um, how many comps have you actually done at this point now? Oh, <laughs> Do you know what? I had, so I had a client here this morning. Sorry, I work from home sometimes. Mm. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you've got so many um, trophies and things. And she carried them as like 14. Wow. Um, so I've done quite a lot. Yes, um, you have. Especially in the space uh, of five years, blimey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of those are IPSF because with those you have to do two a year anyway to... Um, qualify but there's been lots really? of other ones as well yeah wow. um so what was the question how <laughs> how many no, no no first it was how, how many routines and then i was going to follow one of like oh, what yeah. have been your favorite to create basically oh yeah okay so well ipsf i love ipsf pole sports um the thing i like about that is that you kind of your vocabulary is in a book is within the rules you have to you know you have these lists of moves that you can do and it's like you choose your moves from that mm. so it kind of takes away some of the um some of the heart i say no it's still hard work but it's easier to put a routine together my it's much harder for me when i'm given completely free slate like yeah do what you want um so i like prefer to do uh, routines that tell stories so in fact going back to the the amateur pole theater mm. um it was a really obvious one for me to do telling the story of waking up after the amputation yeah um i like mean and melodic music um you know i'm really tall i'm not a fast mover i can't make my body move quickly so it kind of tends to be much more yeah slower transitions and sequences you know mm. um and, but I always like to throw moves in there as well that surprise people, like the backflips, those kind of things. Any flip onto one foot, I think, always is a bit of a shock to people. Oh, absolutely. Blimey. Yeah, Your yeah, ankles yeah. must be absolutely solid. Like I, I'm really fussy about my ankles because my right one, I've, I've, I've fractured twice and I just have various issues because of dancing, really. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. you're constantly yeah. landing on your left leg, just constantly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I'm very good at um, putting 
yoga mats down. Yes, you are. Um, just because it kind of, it just, if you're doing something repetitively, unless you're onto a sprung floor, mm-hmm. then I tend to find that the next couple of days I'll find uh, the tendon at the back of my leg will be really sore. Um, so I'm, I'm really good about putting multiple layers of yoga mats down. Also, I do that with my students, actually, because, you know, a lot of uh, ball studios don't have great quality floors, you know. <laughs> no, uh, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, be protective of your feet and ankles, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Right. I will leave that there for now because we're going to come back with another glorious episode and I want to talk to you more about what you want to see from Paul Quit Up. So stay tuned for the next episode with the marvellous Andrew Gregory and we'll be very, very... It's so nice to talk to you about this. Oh, likewise. likewise. (laughs) All right. See you on the next one. Bye. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering Podcast, you have to experience Sadasi www.soduncan.com slash sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering plus so much more it's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work it's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more and it's where you can hang out and chat with other sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.